You are listening to MCC Votes and Seats, the podcast series of the Center for Political Science of Matthias Corvinus Collegium. We provide election insights with experts and politicians. Dear listeners, this time we are going to talk about the legislative elections that were held in Finland on the 2nd of April 2023 to elect the members of the parliament, the Eduskunta. We have the privilege to host Mr. Veiko Isotalo, doctoral researcher from the Faculty of Social Sciences of the University of Helsinki, who is a political scientist specializing in elections and electoral systems. Hey Veiko, it is good to have you with us. How are you doing? Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm doing fine. So, the National Coalition Party, KOK, won from opposition with 20.8% of the vote, securing 48 mandates, which proves to be the third highest result in the party's history. The Nationalist Conservative Finns Party won 20.1%, that equals to 46 seats, while the governing Social Democrats came third with 19.9%, which means 43 mandates for them. The number of parliamentary seats is evenly divided, 100 and 100 among five government parties and four opposition players. Sanna Marin, the outgoing Social Democrat Prime Minister, accepted defeat after the right-wing KOK opposition party won the closely contested election. So, Veiko, what factors do you think might explain the third highest election result in KOK's history? And uh, also, what were the major campaign messages and promises of this liberal conservative political party? Well, I think it comes down to the fact that the election campaigns were heavily focused on the state of the national economy and the budget deficit that has been present during Sanna Marin's term and which has led to the rise of the national debt. I think voters really are fiscally conservative in a way that they really like the message of the national coalition that they would seek to stop growing the national debt and balance the budget. Even though in their campaign, they didn't really specify how they would balance the budget. They said that they they would prefer having budget cuts instead of raising taxes. This was kind of the message, but it was vague in a way that they didn't specify. They just said that it's going to be 6 billion in the next four years and then 3 billion in the following term. And that was kind of framed by the uh, the Ministry of Finance when they said that the Finland's economy faces this demographic challenge, that aging population, which means less people in the workforce, more people that need to be taken care of with other welfare services. I see. It is expected that the government formation negotiations will be led by KOK's Petteri Orpo. The former deputy prime minister has previously led various governmental portfolios serving as minister in different fields. Mr. Orpo has been in ministerial positions before. He has had two shorter terms in, uh, was it in Ministry of Agriculture and then Minister of Finance. The national debt has risen to just over 70% of the GDP since uh, Miss Marin took office in 2019. It has been mentioned that uh, KOK has um, uh, pledged to reduce spending and halt this trend. MP Orpo campaigned on reducing government debt, budget deficit, as well as reducing income taxes. Do you think that a new government, potentially led by a self-proclaimed fiscal conservative, would formulate a restrictive budget with reduced welfare state expenses? Well, that's how it seems to be. That was their election promise that they will cut services, but we will just not know from which areas. It might be that it means freezing some indexes that are following the inflation levels. So if you 
increase the index, it means that it's basically cutting the purchasing power of pensions or other state-provided benefits. Finland is still a welfare state that provides a lot of social benefits in, in comparison to other countries. So the National Coalition has also, before the election, they said that uh, it wouldn't be just these cuts in services, but they would also be willing to make a couple of new taxes that could be health-based taxes, for instance, related to certain food items that contain too much sugar or, or, or fats. But actually today they announced that uh, these taxes that were proposed in their uh, shadow budget, they are actually not planning to implement those. So this was kind of empty talk. And all these initiatives might be seen in light of the fact that um, outgoing Premier Sanna Marin received many critiques with her alleged wasteful spending on pensions and education that has not been seen rational enough by fiscal conservatives in Finland. And now talking about Miss Marin, she said after the election that uh, we have gained support, we have gained more seats in parliament. That's an excellent achievement, even if we did not finish First, fans all around the world view Miss Marin as a role model for young progressive leaders. But at home, as it has been mentioned, she has come under fire for her excessive partying also and um, the country's public spending. She would resign as a leader of the Social Democratic Party at the Autumn Congress but we remain a member of a parliament. Marine led the response to the COVID-19 pandemic. She has acted as a vocal supporter of Ukraine after Russia's aggression and announced that Finland would apply for NATO membership. So her term was full of crisis situations and difficulties. What were her strengths? and weaknesses. And how do you see which personal or political attributes might cause her defeat this time? Sanna Marin, of course, became an international figure due to her age. How it all came down to be was kind of an accident in a way that it, it kind of required Antti Rinne to resign as a prime minister. And Sanna Marin was the next in line because of her close relations to Antti Rinne. So Antti Rinne kind of promoted her as the second choice. And Sanna Marin, who was fairly inexperienced, at the time took the job. During her term as a prime minister, she was almost constantly attacked in the Finnish tabloid press, which was relatively expected as she was both a young woman and also from a left-wing party. So this was kind of to be expected. But internationally, she mostly gained fame due to her supportive statements uh, for Ukraine, also starting the process for applying for NATO membership. In Finland, there were like certain groups, especially like the Finns party, that were constantly attacking Sanna Marin and her agenda. And it can be said that the electoral strategy that the Social Democrats under Sanna Marin chose for this election was a bit controversial. It was probably the most leftist campaign if we think about that the right-wing parties were actively suggesting that, that we should cut the government spending and stop the growth of the public debt. Sanna Marin's position was that there shouldn't be any cuts on services, but 
we should be striving to increase the employment rate and make necessary investments for the economy to grow 2% a year, which was considered almost completely unrealistic as the productivity of the economy hasn't been on, on that level. Many forecasters were saying that these economic plans that SDP was proposing were not going to be able to stop the growth of the national debt. That might have been one reason why the electorate didn't buy her program. But on the other hand, it, it was kind of showing that social democrats under her rule were taking a leftist turn. So they were actually signaling to the left bloc voters, voters of the left alliance and voters of the Green Party, that social democrats are actually a choice that can further their interests if they just become the largest party and have a shot at forming the government. So strategically, one could say that Sanna Marin's attempt in this campaign was to increase the size of the Social Democratic Party at the expense of other parties in the left-wing bloc. So it, it resulted in a situation that Social Democrats won more seats, three seats, and they also gained that 2.2%, which is relatively uncommon in Finnish elections. Because last time that this had happened, that the one of the government parties actually wins in, in the election or, or the prime minister party is increasing their vote share. It happened 2003 and it was also the Social Democrats at the time. But it is really uncommon. In that sense, Sanna Marin's strategy was successful that the Social Democrats really had a chance at winning the election, but it came at a cost. So we can see that the other left-wing parties, the Greens and Left Alliance, they lost 12 seats in total. Which is quite a lot. And later we will address in more detail the party system. However, going back to this uh, application for NATO membership, it's a U-turn in Finland's modern history, isn't it? So I'm sure future generations will, will not really remember the public spending issues and um, the party scandals during uh, Miss Marin's tenure as prime minister and how she managed to to gain votes from other left-wing parties, but the country stepped to join NATO. Still, the Marine cabinet faced a few controversies. There was a gender balance issue, which some MPs disfavored that 64% uh, of the ministers were women. Then uh, you had allegations and uh, no confidence vote against uh, Foreign Affairs Minister Pekka Havisto related to the repatriation of refugees. And connected to this, Finance Minister Ms. Katri Ulmuni resigned after an Instagram polling on repatriation of um, refugee children. But she was also involved in a funds misappropriation issue as well. And of course, there was uh, Prime Minister Sanna Marin's internationally infamous uh, October 2020 photo shoot and uh, the leaked private party videos. Beiko, do you think did those scandals have any effect on the election's outcome? Probably not, because most of these scandals, when they happened, only a few of those like directly implied Social Democrats and Sanna Marin. But at the time, they felt big events. But I would say that that the COVID pandemic and war in Ukraine have kind of overshadowed all these previous uh, scandals. There was also a big discussion before 
this winter that will we have enough energy to heat the homes and, and so on. I think voters did not really care what happened in the beginning of the term. But we don't know, of course, at this point that did these scandals have an effect. If we look at the polls throughout these four years of uh, Sanna Marin's term, we can see that the NATO application actually helped the National Coalition Party, which has been pro-NATO as, as the only major party in the Finnish parliament. We can also discuss that probably that NATO effect faded away even before this election. But yeah, these scandals, of course, they probably impacted those parties like Katri Kulmunis' resignation led to Annika Saarikko leading the center party. In Annika Saarikko's term, she did fairly well, even though center party was the major loser in this election. They lost eight seats. I wouldn't say that these early scandals had that big of an effect. Talking about uh, loss of seats, this election was a relatively close race between the SDP, KOK and the Finns party. For the first time, however, the center party, KESK, did not win a plurality of votes in any regional voting districts. What happened to the third member of the historical Finnish political troika? Do you see any correlation between the center party's poor results in the 2023 legislative election and its involvement in the outgoing cabinet consisting of the Social Democratic Party, the Green League, the Left Alliance and the Swedish People's Party? Yeah, I think there definitely is potentially a correlation there. Uh, I think the reason the reason why the center party was so heavily punished by the voters, well, of course, they have been in two consecutive governments. Like first, it was Juha Sipila 2015 brought major electoral victory for the center party. Center party had the prime ministerial position. 2019, when the Social Democrats won, the center party made a controversial decision that they would join the left-wing government or the other parties were more left-leaning, except maybe for the Swedish People's Party. But the main reason for this, that why the center party voters probably punished their party, was because that under the previous leadership, Juha Sipila, in 2015 to 2019, there was a right-wing government and the center party was really taking steps to the right. And then in 2019 election, center party still ran with Juha Sipila as their party leader with a right-wing platform. And the party experienced an electoral defeat back then, but then they reversed, they corrected to the left. So now they joined the left-wing government. So those who stayed in the party in 2019, they they were those like right-wing supporters, or they, they saw center party more favorably as a right-wing party. During this Sanna Marin's term, the party was then in the left-wing government. So I feel like those center party votes didn't really fit in with the party's new approach of going with the left parties. So I think that might have been probably one of the one of the factors. But this is also inherent in, in center parties' position because they are ideologically in the center. They can work with right-wing parties. They can work with left-wing parties. The economic position for them is not necessarily the most important one because they are more interested in regional policies and uh, agriculture producers and, and forest producers, they, they are supported. So, But the other thing, of course, with center party's defeat is related to the Finns party and the national coalition. It was already like seen that the voters who in the past were voting for the center party, but they had now felt disappointed, they would go 
to either of these right-wing parties. I would say that especially the Finns party is the main challenger for the center party. That really comes down to the fact that the Finns party has been able to get votes not just in the city center areas, but like surrounding areas and the countryside. But they also have managed to increase their vote shares in those traditional center party areas. And that's probably the reason why we really saw that center party was no longer the largest party in any of the 13 districts that we have in Finland. Talking about the Finns party, it is a very interesting outcome of the election, how the Finns party gained um, popularity. Orpo has stated that he will work with all parties to gain a majority in the legislature, whereas Miss Marin has stated that her social democrats may form a coalition with KOK, but they won't work with the Finns party. And uh, outgoing uh, PM Miss Marin called the Finns party openly racist during the debate, while the nationalist group rejected such accusation. Reducing immigration from developing nations um, outside the European Union is the principal objective of the Finns party. Along with the election winner KOK, the Finns party advocates for austerity measures to reduce deficit spending. What attributes and circumstances might explain the rise of the Finns party? Do you see this good result as part of a wide European trend in which uh, ultimately right-wing national conservative parties are gaining um, popularity? In a way, yes, because if we think about the traditional Finnish party system that you have those three blocks of interest groups and then parties, so you have the national coalition that represents the business and entrepreneur interests then you have the social democrats and former communist parties that represented the workers interests and then the center party which was taking care of the agrarian interests what has basically now happened is that center party has diminished to a role of a mid-sized party that has like half of the number of seats than the larger parties and the Finns party has emerged as one of the three big ones but the Finns party there is some studies from sweden about how the number of immigrants in certain areas might affect the support for the right-wing populist radical right parties and and in this case we we probably see that the Finns party gained in areas where there are not that many immigrants actually so it might be more of a halo effect that in the areas nearby have immigrants but those areas themselves do not have them the areas also where the Finns party was successful the political discussions have been mostly related to the price of electricity gas the living costs which have been on the rise so this has been also like a european phenomenon that populist parties have typically been able to gain votes when living costs have been on the rise or high inflation and i think this is also the case in in finland in some respect the other thing that was interesting in this election was that the Finns party in some surveys before the election was shown to be the number one party among first-time voters and young voters and Finns party has been actually fairly successful like since 2011 when it became a nationally recognizable larger party but now the gap has kind of widened to these other traditional parties so it has typically been that the Finns party the Greens and National Coalition are popular among the youth but this time the Finns party has been there uh, as the leading one. One thing that might have been affecting this is that the Finns party had fairly successful entry to TikTok and other social media 
where other parties have not really campaigned and they have been there for a couple of years already. Young Finns party candidates that got actually elected with relatively large vote counts, there were kind of the first TikTok candidates that have been elected now in, in Finland. I see. And uh, talking about um, election demographics and election um, geography, it's a very interesting fact that the KLK and SDP were strong in the South of the country, while the Central Party and the Finns Party achieved good results in the Central and Northern territories of uh, Finland. Center Periphery Division, it, it is established in, in Finnish politics as one of the cleavages, and that's why we have had this strong Center Party in the past. I think it has now just changed its shape a little bit, because the demographics, of course, in these rural areas have been on the decline for quite some time, and uh, we actually saw that in in this election we had an adjustment of uh, parliamentary seats one seat was actually taken away from lapland and uh, from southeastern finland and those were then centered in the helsinki turku tampere triangle which is where most of the finnish population actually lives and in these high population density areas we tend to see that green party the national coalition and social democrats have been typically the strongest ones i guess it comes also down to the fact that in southern Finland and especially in the cities, liberal candidates tend to do better than conservative ones, whereas conservative ones then are more successful in the countryside or in northern Finland. Geography affects many things, not just which parties are successful, but also what kind of candidates get elected in those districts. What are the major dividing lines in current Finnish politics based on what ideology symbolic or political attributes are the political parties position in the Finnish party system. In Finnish politics, left-right doesn't encompass other policy topics as much as in some other countries like in the in the UK. Left-right typically in Finland deals only with economic issues. Then we have Galtan divide the green are alternative libertarian and traditional authoritarian nationalist division. It actually didn't exist as a coherent dimension before, but it has now become a thing that voters and candidates, they both tend to take coherent positions that if you are pro-environment and you advocate green policies, then you also tend to be pro-immigration and European Union. But this coherence didn't exist if we go a couple of decades back. On this second Galtan dimension, we can clearly see that the Green Party and the Left Alliance, they are the most liberal ones. And then you have the Finns Party as the conservative and nationalist option on the other side. In the left-right, it's the Left Alliance and the National Coalition that are on the extremes on, on those polls. This actually means that the government discussions are going to be fairly interesting because National Coalition being the most right-wing party in Finland, of course, internationally, National Coalition would not necessarily, we couldn't even talk about the right-wing party, even maybe just a centrist party in international comparisons. But they are actually internally quite divided in terms of Galtan. You can find fairly anti-immigrant and not really wanting to push green policies candidates. And on the other hand, you can find very liberal candidates also. So, And the Finns party, of course, they have then more range in the left-right spectrum because that's not their main political dimension. It is only about these cultural issues. 
if we think about the government formation, it is true that the Finns party and the national coalition, they have more in common in left-right economic policies than national coalition has with the social democrats. But with social democrats, they might see more eye to eye in these cultural policies, at least most of the national coalition. So this actually makes it fairly interesting to see which things national coalition wants to prioritize in the government formation. And now that Sanna Marin has said that she will drop out as the party leader of the social democrats, that might give way for a new type of social democratic party that might actually be more centrist and not so much much to the left. There are interesting possibilities how the talks will go. Thank you very much. And talking about political priorities, in your opinion, what are the most important issues to be addressed now in Finland in terms of uh, political decision making? What are the major tasks to do for the new government? Balancing the national budget, that is probably the number one issue. Then there are, of course, multiple issues regarding the EU and NATO. Should Finland accept the NATO base? And what kind of policies should we be pushing in, in the EU in terms of uh, potential economic packages? But of course, internally, the discussion has been heavily focused on the national economy. But it's really hard to predict what is going to happen in the next four years, because I guess nobody really saw the war in Ukraine and the pandemic in 2019. As a final question to you, personally, what did you find the most interesting or unusual in the April 2023 parliamentary election in Finland? Well, I think the main surprise was that there were no surprises. The polls were actually fairly accurate. They were able to show that these three parties are going to be on on the top and they are going to be with a very close margin and they actually most of the polls got the, even the order of these three parties correctly in the end so i would say that the green party meltdown that happened that was fairly unexpected and it really should be investigated further that how did the such a mid-sized party that had become fairly established in finnish politics how did they lose such a big number of votes 140,000 voters did not vote in this election the greens as in comparison to 29 and if we think about the left-wing block, it has been kind of hypothesized that it would be the green parties that would have the advantage in the future because they can also bring in young voters and, and gain, gain new votes, whereas the Social Democrat Party that is typically been the largest party in, in the left-wing blocks should be diminishing in size. So we actually saw the opposite in, in this election. And if we compare to Germany, what happened there in their previous federal election, the Green Party was also contending to be the number one largest party. But in the end, they also lost to the Social Democrats there. This is something that I find fairly interesting. It should be studied more in the future. Indeed. Well, we will see what future awaits for the Greens in Finland and what government will be formed by Mr. Orpo's National Coalition Party. And uh, also, what future awaits for Ms. Sanna Marin, based on her popularity, skills and age, she might be eager to assume high-ranking positions at EU institutions or parties. Who knows? We will see 
Mr. Veiko Isotalo, doctor and researcher from the University of Helsinki, we are rather grateful to you for sharing your most appreciated thoughts and opinion with us. I found this conversation most interesting and thought-provoking. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Dear listeners, you've been following the latest edition of the Votes and Seeds podcast series of the Center for Political Science of Matthias Corvinus Collegium. Thank you for your kind attention. Stay tuned for the next episode of our series. Take care. Goodbye.